Hello and welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. And we are ending already since this is a quick only two movies as uh, the Blade Runner franchise as this week we'll be discussing Blade Runner 2049. I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Maricelli. This is a beautiful movie. It was very pretty. In a dystopian, the world's ending <laughs> and the sea levels have risen. So they have giant walls around LA type of way. One of us has to pronounce Villeneuve right. Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Villeneuve? I'll find out. But none of us. <laughs> let's not forget the man that's just above average and he's the expert sex doll, Keith Swetland. Oh, that was going to be my little bit right now, too. I'm glad you called me that. So, Joy, J-O-I, that's like a kink sex thing. Do you think that had to be, like, not a coincidence that they called her, like, J-O-I, like, you know, like the jack-off instruction sort of, like, dumb thing? Well, I mean, they did kind of show later in the movie that it was, like, originally intended as a sex thing. So, yeah, yes. yeah. I never thought they were, like, trying to hide that, that it was, this was, like, a product that lots of people have. No, I mean they even showed like a giant billboard late in the movie showing that it's well, like, a like earlier advertised yeah. thing. So yeah. Uh Blade Runner 2049 came out October 6th <laughs> of the year 2017. Uh runtime of two hours and forty-five minutes. A lot of minutes. I'll be honest. I mean, it wasn't a tight 90. <laughs> but I was actually pretty well entertained the whole time. I thought it was a pretty gripping movie for myself. Oh, this movie goes by. It moves along. Moves along. It also had one of the most soul-shattering moments I think I've witnessed in a movie in a long time. <laughs> and very well acted, in my opinion, by Ryan Gosling for the soul-shattering moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve. I tried my best. <laughs> I Villeneuve? Villeneuve, there it is, is Villeneuve because I went to YouTube to try to find out how to pronounce it, and it's Villeneuve. You're right. Denis Villeneuve, the S is silent. Uh, He's directed movies such as 2013 Prisoners. It's the Hugh Jackman one with Jake Gyllenhaal when his uh, daughter gets kidnapped and after them. Uh, 2015 Sicario and 2016 Arrival. Um, it has Keith's boy, um, Hawkeye. Oh, Renner, Jeremy Renner, and uh, Amy Adams as she talks to aliens. So, Denis Villeneuve, how familiar are y'all with the movies? Not at all, not not much. Oh, he also did Dune, he's doing, he did Dune and Dune Ah, 2. That explains why i got such a dune fill of why i'm disappointed i didn't see this in theater to see like <laughs> the epic scale of it more because like dune one if you were going straight for the plot would be disappointing <laughs> but if you went for like the actual like look of it it's so stunning oh dune's gorgeous and the action scenes are just crazy but if you have there's definitely a theme with villainavu if like, especially since Sicario, like Villeneuve. Sicar- sorry, Villeneuve, Villeneuve, either croissant, a croissant. Sorry. He's yeah. French American. Oh, oui, oui, bonjour. <laughs> oh, those, Ricky those... Martel. 
Isn't that crazy how like people in France just pronounce and spell things kind of differently than we do over here? That's kind of oh, he did Sicario. That's a movie I want to see. <laughs> oh, Sicario. Yeah, I was gonna say since like he has a very very specific visual style, like Sicario kind of looks like this. Arrival looks like this. Twenty forty nine looks like twenty forty nine. Dune looks like it. Like they all. He he has a very specific thing. It's a very he, grand. He, like he has a yeah. very grandiose appeal. Like it's like larger than life. Like look at my world type thing <laughs> most like yeah. it's like 80 percent of the time i think it's sick looking every once in a while i get i get a little tired of the slow panning shots with like faded out gray he, he is a very big, big about that he's a bit in it's sort of like the jj abrams lens flare thing that's like his thing <laughs> yes but this man is actually good at what he does <laughs> well <laughs> he, he clearly he likes the source <laughs> <laughs> He did Blade Runner in 2017, and then his next movie he did was Dune. Yeah, four years later, and then his next Blade film Runner which... 2049. That's what I said. No, you said 2017. No, Blade in Runner. 2017. Ah, okay, that makes sense then. He did then did Dune in 2021, and then his next film is Dune Two. Boy, a 69 joke now. is really sad when no one hears it. <laughs> I mean, we heard it, dude, but didn't you see the Vice article I sent you? 69's not funny anymore. And then I had a really, and then just to recap our hilarious group chat here for the podcast benefit, like my reply was stellar with Vice, more like not nice because sixty nine, <laughs> nice, you know, it was hilarious. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> hey, subscribe so, to my blog where I post our group chats. <laughs> I'll bring it. I, I just want to ask you, Keith. Now, you asked me to tell you in the next film, aka oh, this one. Why did they make the sequel? Oh man, yeah, that is. I was hoping you wouldn't. Oh. <laughs> should, I, probably... should, should should I hang on and like ask you like in ten minutes? No, I was I was I was posing that as a uh, rhetorical question. It's like this the, the the world they live in felt pretty complete to me in the first one. Like I don't think they needed to add. So this is while I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, it's great. It just felt like frosting kind of like a little bit yeah, but <clears throat> like really well made frost it's not like they just piled fondant on top of it <laughs> yeah, like i felt like we got a really beautifully made buttercream oh yeah some, like, that good... like actually established this weird world where like i don't even know if i'm fully rooting for the protagonist because <laughs> you know the weird human android things are going to take over and kill us all Oh yeah, he's he's pretty powerful. He was scary. <laughs> so this Keith was your like second or third time watching this, right? Second, second. Yeah. And Rick, this is your first. My first. Like uh, your what were your first reactions to this before we get to the plot and all that? Uh, I was entranced. I thought it was a brilliantly built story. The um, MJ. Damalama Ding Dong type twist they gave to me, which was soul crushing to poor Mr. Gosling was, I think, really well done. I did not see it coming. Uh, I liked the impact of the film, like the fight scenes, besides the final fight scene, which did one of Keith's least favorite thing in fight scenes, which did a lot of hard cuts because they didn't want Gosling punching the lady, but had no problem (laughs) with the lady punching Gosling. Uh, Which fight was that? The yeah. final one in the water. Oh yeah, I, I like the look of it, but yeah, the, like the it, it did a lot of cuts, but I didn't I didn't notice that. That's funny. I usually, I notice that kind of shit. Like the, the fighting in the movie was like so heavy, like it was so well done. Oh, the fights were yeah. 
Um, and just like the overall look of the movie felt so stunning. Like I liked how there were so many small things in the movie that if you didn't think about it, you wouldn't notice it. But like the giant wall around LA clearly there because of the destruction of the planet and the rising water levels to protect what was left of the city. Uh like clearly nuclear something happened because it's snowing constantly in LA. Like <laughs> something has happened to this planet to like irreparably damage it from what we know it as the dirty bomb that apparently went off in LA from some type of war. Like there's so much small world building stuff in this movie that I just like, mm, I eat that type of shit up. Yeah. Yeah. I used uh, the comparison last time we watched it of the, I'm, I'm a, I don't think any of y'all two are, but I'm a big, big Dark Souls video game guy. And that world takes place sort of like right after, like right as the world is ending in the middle of the world ending. And there was like scenes in this movie that remind me of that. And I really enjoy it. Like the scene with the flower by the tree. That's very, very Dark Souls where he like, like just the flower at the base of a tree tells this whole story. Like, oh my God, what's going on with that flower at the base of that tree? Yeah, it's like, that makes no sense. There's no new, enough nutrients in the ground to make something like that happen yeah um this was my first showing uh viewing and all this good stuff for this um i like i said in the first one the first one was super slow for me this one it was still slow but it piqued my interest but also still super slow um we'll find out and when we get to the glazing if i enjoyed this one (laughs) That, that's um, how sorry i just gotta go back to my first impression real quick so the the first time i watched it i kind of i was a little bored too yeah so it was this time i was a, a little more like i didn't get my phone out very much i didn't like get up to go get snacks in the kitchen very much i was just kind of watching it this one really uh, gripped me just because of like there's so many good characters in it like even mm-hmm. people who just played people for like a couple scenes were so well done. The acting in this movie was so good. Oh, the the android sex worker lady was cool as shit. I liked her. That's my sweet lee, uh, leeway into who it starred as it ha- starred Ryan Gosling, Anna de Armas, Robin Wright, um, Harrison Ford showed showed up. Uh, Dave Bautista was in for a minute. Sylvia Hook, Edward James Olmos was in the movie for a cup of coffee. I like that callback. That was a sweet callback. Even having him do another thing of origami. Ah, yeah. That was a great touch. <laughs> Mackenzie Davis and Jared Leto also had in um, what's his name? Oh, geez. Uh, David Dashmalshian. He's the, um, the polka dot guy from the newest Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was just the, wondering where I recognized him He was him the from. mad scientist. Mad scientist? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was just the coroner. He was yeah, the yeah. coroner. Yeah, he was. He was pretty. He was pretty bizarre, though. He like he liked it. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of people in that line of work. <laughs> I mean, if you want to bang dead bodies, Keith, it's the line of work you go into. Yeah, it's it's the it's the the the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel of the long con of getting a job. <laughs> all, you, all you gotta do is pay pay the coroner six pack and see where <laughs> things go. But where we're going with this is, hey Rick. Give us the plot. Oh, okay. Because this is this is deep again. Oh, I don't remember what his designation was. I just remember his name. K but or something. 
Okay. It was K like, and then a bunch of numbers, but uh, K nine eight six seven five three zero nine or eight do, seven uh, seven six. My cash now. Do K nine with the uh, Belushi. Just say there that, it is. That, that, I'm that's not, his name. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Boys, girls, nine non-binary and everything in between. Please gather around for the reading of the plot of Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. We've progressed some three odd decades into the future of Blade Runner. A cataclysm has happened in the world at this point. Uh, The original Tyrell Corporation has gone under and been bought up by a new supercorp, which name is escaping me at the moment. The Max. Is it Walter? Wallace. Is it Wallace? Wallace Corp. Wallace Corp. Has bought up and taken all the technology and furthered the development of the terrifying androids. The replicants. The replicants. Uh, to the point where they've even been adapted to be more conforming and listening and not break out in a way after a huge civil war broke out originally with the future Nexus robots. Oh, God, my brain. Uh, During this cataclysm, there was also the blackout in which the entire planet went dark and and all information was basically lost overnight. So now we fast forward to the future and we focus on Joe K bunch of numbers. He's a designation played by Mr. Ryan Gosling. He is the blade runner of the future. He is a replicant. He is on the case to track down some original Nexus eights, obviously enhanced versions of the Nexus we saw in the original blade runner. This is where he comes across Batista and where our story begins. Uh, after retiring Batista, after a little bit of a soliloquy in which Ryan Gosling is informed that he doesn't know what he's doing because he is yet to see a miracle. This begins the rabbit hole for Gosling as he begins to fall down it, as he begins to question his own memories and begins to search after a body is found in the ground. A replicant was found. A replicant that gave birth to a child. Joe's boss realizes that news like this would be destruction, complete anarchy, and the end of the ways as we know it, and tells Joe to track down and retire this child. This again is another breaking point for Joe as he's never retired something that was born. As he begins his search for the child, more developments seem to point Joe in the way that he himself may be the child as he begins to more and more break away from his stringent programming. As the story continues, we come across one Harrison Ford as Joe meets his father or so he thinks before everything breaks down as the Wallace corporation has now come to terms with the fact that they are too seeking the child because Creepy ass Jared Leto, because I asked Joe, why does Jared Leto only ever play these creepy ass motherfuckers? Is seeking the continued development of replicants. Searching out the one thing he did not get when he bought out the Tyrell Corp. The ability for replicants to give birth. Because if humanity continues to want to take over the stars, they need the slave labor as they're much more like in your face about the fact that these are slave labor applicants in 2049 to continue to take over the stars. 
All this leads to Joe meeting the insurrection, finding out that he, in fact, is not the child. And our climactic scene of him breaking Harrison Ford out of Tyrell's grasp and Harrison Ford finally getting to meet his daughter. And I still missed a bunch of the plot of Blade Runner 2049. There's a lot, folks. I just go watch it. It's very good. It's very good. Hey, the goop. Two out of two movies with Villeneuve had good goop in it. I mean, I feel like a good movie needs... Oh, God, that birthing scene of that replicant. Loved it. (laughs) So fucking creepy. Such a, like, gut-churning, twisted moment. Oh, yeah. It was the same thing in in Dune with Harkonnen in the the healing goop. It was was the same shots. It was like the... Villeneuve loves a good goop. Um, I wonder if he loves a good... uh, Bakta tank from Star Wars. Then, oh yeah, they should he, they should let Villeneuve do the next uh, Bakta tank scene. Oh, dude, he would do a great Star Wars. Yeah. Like it would be so beautiful and space yeah. opery the way that Star Wars should be. Yeah, Star Wars is has always looked good in the past up until. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ridley Scott was in discussion to. Um, film to be the director of this movie, but I believe that he was starting to film uh, Prometheus, um, so he couldn't do it. So he stuck on to be a um, like producer. Oh, it was Covenant, but he stayed one. on to be a executive producer and a creative consultant to this film. I really appreciated how good the CG was in this movie. Like for a movie that was so built, like. There was so much like authentic stuff to it. Like stuff felt real looking. Like I didn't, I was never at any moment in this movie was I like, well, that looked really shitty. Yeah, this movie looked very good. And it, it never, was clean. <laughs> oh yeah. I always had, that was, I got to bring up Eternals again. I'm sorry. But I, I, I always felt like, I always felt like they were in a room in Eternals. Like I always felt like they were in a studio the entire, the entire movie. This movie, like they felt outdoors every once in a while. <laughs> like they felt like they were in places. Like the entire the entirety of Eternals felt like they were just like in this like big room with the thing in the background. Yeah, the like the first scene in the movie, it's you know Ryan Gosling's character going to a different planet, right? Planet? No, it was just state, different a, state, different state, whatever. something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And to find you know Batista as a uh, farmhand a pro- type, a protein farmer. As by the way, because apparently we can't get good produce and stuff, you know, because the planet's destroyed. So we're eating goopy worms. And they, they, they turn that worms into food. That's like, that was what made the, like, the sushi scene cool. Because <laughs> that's like what it was in the first one. Yeah. It was like, just like fake protein goop. <laughs> yep. So like another small thing, if you weren't thinking about yeah. it, like that's what they're showing is how ap- apocalyptic this world is. That mm-hmm. our protein is a bunch of grubs. Um. But uh, that first scene was was going to be the original scene opener for the first movie. Oh, that would have been in, good. Instead, for, they like did the original the, Blade Runner. Yeah, for the original Blade Runner, oh, that, that was going cool. to be the first scene. That was going to be an unused scene. Yeah. So 
man, what was Batista at that age? He would have been like 12. I know. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> well, I don't know. They crushed it with her decision in the first one. What's the interrogation scene? Well, no, the, well the, the, the first scene to find, you know, Harrison Ford. And this, it was, in that one, it was him eating noodles. So that's what have been. But yeah, the interrogation scene was cool. But like when you first mm-hmm. meet Harrison Ford, it's um, eating noodles and getting arrested. God, that opening scene was so good. Just that whole fight scene was so like, oh, just heavy. I it was really, it was really sad. Yeah, like it was super depressing. It, it was because of the fact that like Batista's character is like, uh, like I don't want to, but you know, I guess you can kill me. Yeah, and he always he knew he knew he was gonna die. Like the very yeah. like from the very start. <laughs> Like Austin was like, can we just not? Can we just not do this? Can we just like not? <laughs> so, Keith, what do you think of the uh, the the joy? Oh, the character. Well, yeah, the idea of the you know the holographic basically sex slave. <laughs> oh, if you don't have a thumb drive GF, then get the fuck out. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's cool. People are. It's this like what we're seeing in both the first one and this one is this like really lonely stage of like late capitalism where like people are so separated and like just to like be able to because there's no way that you're just going to go out and like get a partner very easily in that world so like I well think especially a- in his point of view like i mean the very few scenes we got of him interacting in the actual world was him just getting like yelled at and called a flesh skin and all this mm-hmm. shit like Joy was literally his only choice for some sort of companionship. Oh, yeah. And then, like, just the, like, as a movie, like, not putting myself into the movie, just, like, watching the movie, it, it, like, looked cool. I like how they presented it. It was, like, you have to, like, install your girlfriend on the ceiling so the camera thing can move around. Yeah, like, you had your own projector. I, for me, for the whole time watching the movie, I was, like, okay, when will, um, she get a full body you know what i mean like in oh, every yeah. like in every other a movie that you have, <laughs> yeah like pinocchio and all those other movies that you have a holographic computer device that gets put in as into a real body at the end to make the main character happy i was like hey when's that gonna happen and oh you decide to have her <laughs> take over a, a prostitute's body so you can have a sex with the prostitute but you're really trying to have sex with your holographic uh and i I like that scene it was it was cool it was romantic af blade runner (laughs) goes down for the most awkward sex scenes series (laughs) like it was like that whole scene like to wrap my head around it was just like he's having sex with his holographic wife through a different person oh it's weird it's weird i I watched I uh, I watched this movie like at six a.m. last weekend <laughs> weird. because weird well, choice. This is a late night. You, you have to like watch this movie in the dark. <laughs> well, if I have all the time in the world, since you know I have all the other podcasts we do at NoSoloEntertainment.com. Joe has an entire podcast about Jared Leto. Like and I tried. Have, it's called the like, Leto Files. So you <laughs> yeah. know we're trying to get that up and running. But I really appreciated all- the one that question how the fuck dc fucked up him being joker so badly because that seems like the role jared leto is built to fucking play 
yeah that's that's supposed to come out next week so once we get that uh wrapped up uh then i my diatribe will go on that but i was watching it like at six in the morning because of uh all the other shows we do here no cell entertainment and um i was watching it and then the producer started waking up and i was around this sec like this scene i was like <laughs> Of course, he's gonna walk out when there's going to be like a weird sex scene happening. What's up, partner? This isn't awkward. <laughs> yeah, this is not awkward at all. You know, I'm just trying to. What do you mean? Why is off. my dick out? You know what? No one asked you yeah. to come out I'm, here in the middle of this. <laughs> I'm getting off at seven thirty in the morning, baby. Yes. <laughs> don't mind me. I don't ever walk in and question why your pants are off during situations gosling's out busting androids i'm out busting nuts <laughs> busting makes me feel good uh but yeah it was just like I'm five watching stars this, right five <laughs> stars yeah five stars for keith and then we then like so so for the joy i was like okay this is a cool idea and then like later on in the movie like towards the end like you notice it's just like a company like, yeah, come get your sex, you know, holograms. I was like, to me, I thought that was like a little like let down. I'm like, oh, it's just like brand. Okay. Well, if anything, it like made me realize how wholesome Joe is. Yeah. Not not that Joe, the Hi. Joe in the movie. Yeah, I'm that wholesome. Joe, that Joe is a degenerate. Um, Suck it. Because <laughs> yeah, like, you're over there fucking J.O. and Andy uh, Armist. <laughs> In the morning. <laughs> hey man, she said she'll do nude scenes, but not cut her hair. So, what do you want from me? Okay. Like, <laughs> he's so wholesome. He puts her in like '60s regalia or like just normal shirts, but yeah. like she gets sold as just like this total nude, and her advertisements are total nude. I'm like, yeah. oh, Joe, you're so wholesome, and you just wanted someone to love. Oh, and he like pours her a drink. I I like that part. <laughs> And then at the end, like I said, you find out that she's like this big, what, 80 foot, you know, hologram, like, hey, looking for a good time. And that his name is just a catchphrase that she uses in her advertisement. I'm like, oh, God, that's yeah. so depressing. <laughs> like, the, like what we said, this, like you were saying earlier about stuff, this movie is just depressing because of the fact of you have the storyline of that the replicant has given birth. So we have to find the mix mixed race baby here. And the idea is it could maybe be Kate Ryan Gosling's character. So then he goes down that rabbit hole to find out. And then like the half, the rest of the half, like once that happens, when we find out that there's the mixed race baby and he thinks it's him, for the next hour, it's just him. Like I'm it. I'm the. I have the one dream of the kids beating me up over a, a horse, a horse statue, you know, a uh, wooden horse. And then when it, and then like he's, was told by, the girl saying like, hey, yeah, that's your real dream. So then it it hits him, you know, like people keep feeding to him, like yeah, you're you're it, you're it. And then when the point comes of he's not it, then, you know, it's just like, well, that's another depressing thing for this. Well, in that moment where he goes and talks to her about the dream, 
is such a deeper part of that movie than I think people will ever realize is that she is intentionally putting that in replicant after replicant to help break them of the mind control. Like mm-hmm. that is the, the spark that breaks them of, cause it makes, it makes them think they're more, it makes them think yeah. that they're real. And suddenly he doesn't have to answer truthfully. He doesn't have to do all Cause like when he goes to the police office and goes, I've killed the child was just a flat out lie. He's not supposed to be able to do that. We, we, cause we get the two, we get the two scenes that separate them. It's in the very beginning when he returns after killing Batista and then he has to do the mind thing of like, you're a machine. You're, and he has to repeat everything that the guy's saying, you know, I'm a machine. I'm a machine. And he, his, his, like his vitals are steady showing like, okay, nothing broke him. And then when he comes back saying he killed the bait, the, 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 you know, mixed race child, he has to do the, why do you say that? Does it sound with such hate? Oh, because you know, you know, (laughs) I got stuff. Uh, and then you have, uh, after he kills the, Joe's got demons, (laughs) demons after he kills the child, you know, the child, um, uh, he has to do his vital check and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, you're way off. So take a vacation and co- you know, take two days off and come back and figure well, no, she's out. She's basically saying like, because you've done such work, I'll get you out of this building alive today. Yeah. Cause he's supposed to get killed when his baseline. Oh, yeah. Off. Yeah. But the, yeah. but the fact that she just says like, take two days off to come back and do the test. But in reality, it's get the hell out of here. They're going to get you. Oh, they yeah, know was, something's off. He was always fucked. Like from yeah. that, but but the their version of the void comp test is pretty rad in this movie too. Oh, yeah, it's so trippy. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> so. I guess Ryan Gosling thought of that idea of having that as the test uh-huh. this time. He's very talented and doesn't get enough credit for how talented and good looking. <laughs> well, he did get pulled in. Oh, uh, I mean, get, what? I, I think he gets a ton of credit. <laughs> he well, he almost cost the Titans the game. You know, they had to pull him out. I mean, that's fair. You know, at least he wasn't stupid enough to get T-boned by a drunk driver. Well, the guy ran a car, red, red, uh, ran a red light. Don't get me started on Remember the Titans. <laughs> um, but do get me started on the fact that you have. <laughs> Damn. Right? That was a good transition. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I do my best here. Um, come come to No Cell Entertainment for that and more. <laughs> You you have Jared Leto here, who's you know he's well you know one of the top actors right now. He's only in the movie for like five minutes, dude. It's his That's a good minutes are minutes. very powerful though. Yeah, they are, and what he does is since he is a method actor and his character, um, it sounds like um, a real asshole. <laughs> he doesn't real, seem like a good person. Uh, Nander Wallace is blind. So what what. Uh, Jared Leto did is they he had someone make contacts that made him blind. Jesus Christ, Leto! Yeah, you could just not. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Why are you so extra? Yeah, that, there it is. That's the word for it. Jared Leto like, is the he's the most extra person, the most extra character in Hollywood. <laughs> but like you know, there are those method actors that they do go to the extreme for no reason. Like yeah, and Jared, he did. I mean, Jared Leto ain't no Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? What uh, Dallas Buyers Club? Like he got to like a hundred pounds. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, Breck who was it that the played? Dream. He did drugs. I don't know. I'm kidding on that part, but who was it that played the iconic Joker, the one that everyone loves? Ledger. 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 I mean, he got so deep into the character, it broke his brain, and then he died. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, he's only in it for like five minutes, and it's like one of those things again. Like, that's back to back movies in uh, the Blade Runner movies that the the protagonist doesn't meet up with the bad guy until you know at the end, and the bad guy's not even in the movie for ten minutes total. At least he oh, didn't the bad like... guy in the first one is. Well, does Gosling ever even meet Jared Leto? They're nope. never on scene. Yeah, yeah. Never on the same scene. Yeah. So, like, no, and they never meet. Leto yeah. is still alive. So, like, the overarching, like, super bad guy who's super creepy and trying to take over the galaxy is still totally just existing mm-hmm. and making sexy robots to kill people. Yeah, nothing is solved in this movie. <laughs> oh, well, if they ever make a sequel, he still could be alive. He's still alive, yeah. so he's an still... army of sexy, sexy robots. Yeah, versus the the like the resistance gang. But yeah, you were talking about how crushing this movie is. Like when when she just like owns Ryan Gosling, she's like, yeah, right. Like, no, it's not you. You really thought it was you, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my god, that scene that hurt, and his just like. <laughs> It's slowly turning over in his head and I'm sitting down and just going like, I'm such a fucking idiot. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Like, you just, you see his world collapsing. I'm like, oh no. Well, and like the way she explains it's so cool because she knows, she's like, oh yeah, I felt that. (laughs) You're like, oh, you thought it was you? Oh, we all wish it was us. But Uh, she did the oh honey. She did the oh honey. She she oh honeyed him. (laughs) Oh honey. Mm-hmm. Oh, bless his heart. Yeah, poor, poor soul. Um, but you know, like for me, like the, like I said in the first, how the first one was super boring. This one kept my attention because there was a steady pace to this movie. Of does it didn't have to be action. It just could, you know. In the first one, there's a lot, you know, enhanced. Let's stare at this. Let's stare at that. This one it felt to me more of a steady. Uh, thing that's where she's from uh mackenzie davis the prostitute in this movie keith you know where she's from she's very i know familiar. where she's from and where it's very from? cool where she's from i'm gonna like hit myself on the head when you tell me because i know it where's she from rick if i'm remembering it's the right actress but she was terminator she was Terminator Dark Fate. She oh, was the uh... God. That movie sucks so much ass. Fuck you. That was a good Terminator. <laughs> no wait, is that the bad Terminator? No, it's, a, it's the okay Terminator. It's the newest one, right? Yeah, it's the yeah. Okay that one was good. One. I liked that Terminator. It was... Oh wait, yeah, it was okay. It was the newest one. It did the newest serve... one with Sarah Connor coming back, and like had good fight scenes, and you got Arnold being a dad. Mm-hmm. Well, they they gave away the best fight scene in the trailer though. With the... Well, that's what all movies do, and that's why <laughs> yeah, I that's don't why watch we, trailers. we don't watch trailers. Joe and I have an elaborate plan to avoid the Spider-Man trailer today. Wow. Well, <laughs> well you're missing some doozies of spoilers with that one. Shut up, Keith. <laughs> hey, Keith, you can you do me a favor and, uh, go fuck yourself? Just... Yo, I heard Tobey Maguire eats ass in this new one. I mean, who doesn't? It's 2021, Keith. If you're not <laughs> eating ass, then you're not living. <laughs> If you ain't eating ass, you're just dumb. <laughs> you're just dumb. And you're not yeah. welcome on this podcast. <laughs> Fake movie experts. We eat ass. <laughs> While we do eat ass, you can go to uselube.com to get your supplies in case of this 
situation. Uh, what do you guys think of good old Harrison Ford in this movie? Because to me, since, I don't know, 2010, any Harrison Ford movie that he's done, he's just like, yeah, I really don't want to be here. He see, seems I like think, such an old grumpy curmudgeon. See, I think that kind of worked for this role because he's like he's so like he just doesn't care about anything. He's just kind of waiting around to die with his dog that probably isn't real. <laughs> God, that was such a good line. Yeah. Is it real? I don't know. Ask him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, top-notch fight scene though with the Elvis playing in the oh, background. That was cool. That whole scene was cool. Yeah. A little flashy, which could get bad for some people, but <laughs> Uh, there's a little Easter egg of the um, when Jer- when Ryan Gosling shows up to the Vegas location, and um, there's all like the wooden animals. If you notice what they were, they were rhino, antelope, cat, horse, elephant, lion, and they all spell out Rachel. <laughs> That's clever. So well, you and- know. He was a, what do you reckon he was? Because I was watching YouTubes on the old Blade Runner and I guess a bunch of the theories about uh, Harrison Ford being a replicant, which I don't buy, but it was just cool images that the Ridley Scott uses is the different animals that he origamis and how they like have meanings throughout the movie. They all do. It's that weird thing, yeah. Yeah, he made made the unicorn, which is like, ooh, finding the mystical unicorn. But yeah, he made the sheep in this one. And I'm trying, I was trying to piece together what that meant. Or if it was like an Easter egg to the book, which is sort of what I was thinking. Mm. No, I, I, I haven't found anything about sheep. But yeah, you know, it's just, to me, Harrison Ford's just like, I guess I'll be here for that paycheck. <laughs> but I don't know. He's Since, since after Indiana Jones and in 08, <laughs> yeah. it, he's just become that guy like, I guess. He smokes he, weed and crashes planes all day. I felt like he had the same facial expression through the entire movie. Of just like <laughs> quasi-surprised. Doesn't really know how to move his face anymore. Just like, what do you want? Why are you here? I'm just going to shoot at you now. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I came across one of the ways they made... Um, NJ Armist more art, more artificial looking is that the um, editor uh, froze her image for nine frames just before she would respond to questions. That's why it would make her look like she paused for a split second if the processor is occupied or to up, come up with an answer. That's clever. So, yeah, her, she had, I thought she did great, like as the, like the robot. AIGF that if you don't have one get the hell out dude that scene where she gets killed was so traumatizing Mm -hmm. running to Gosling to tell him that she loves him right as she gets stomped (laughs) is there a way that she do you think all those machines do that all the joys or do you think for some reason this was a you know elite well don't they imply that like Wallace made it to like spy on him or something. Well, it's just that Wallace had like the ability to track him yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. And that's well, why they broke and, the antenna for it. And you can pretty clearly see like the technological like prowess and skill of Wallace. So it's it stands to reason that like that AIGF is probably pretty like 
pretty smart and like learns and develops emotions and like no didn't the prostitute put the antenna in her she put a tracking device in his coat yeah because oh, there was okay. an antenna in that special thing that let her go anywhere that they could oh, use to track him okay yeah. there's there's a lot of people trying to track ryan gosling <laughs> yeah because yeah she was part of the like the sovereign citizen resistance group <laughs> okay that was uh okay that's confusing. But uh, I like the scenery shots, you know, for this one. I thought they were more cleaner, but they did have that gray tint to them. And I don't know, just me, maybe I don't know, 1982 didn't, you know, you for sure didn't have the effects like they did, but, you know, apples or oranges type thing. Like they were both fantastic for, especially for 1982, but. For this one, it's the, you know, the director's vision of the color schemes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I appreciated I think... that while they had way more technology to make it look a lot nicer, they stayed true to the effects of the world from the original Blade Runner. Yeah. Like they didn't like do a crazy technology jump. Like things still look like really like rebuilt from yeah, old the world, stuff. The world still sucks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I and I don't know. I think you can compare the looks of these movies. Like they do a lot of, like Villeneuve does a lot of the like the Ridley Scott like painting shots too, mm-hmm. of like the the buildings. And I kind of wish Twenty Forty Nine had some more color in it. That's like one of my little things I was noticing. It was that I, it's it's the same thing with Dune. Same thing with like Arrival and Sicario. Like Villeneuve, he he like he's not as good at like when he misses, he misses. So like the contrast wasn't hitting for me. So like I wish there was like more bright colors popping. I thought to me this this was brighter than the original. No, I mean because was, in the original it was always raining. That's true. It was always raining until uh, like the final sequence when the that villain bad guy gives you know does his diatribe and then after he dies it he becomes you know sunlight comes out. Also, Keith, I kind of found the reference to your sheep thing again. It's just when it's just the sort the the origami sheep is a reference to the novel, uh, the book, the Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Um, Ooh, so are they are they implying he is a replicant? <laughs> you, who knows? James almost. Of, yeah. I don't think so. No, I, I was just joking. Who knows? You know the whole conspiracy. <laughs> you just said the conspiracy theory of um, Deckard, uh, Harrison Ford's character being a replicant. Because if you freeze frame it at the right moment at the end, he has glowing orange eyes. In, in the this movie? original, in the original movie, it's something oh. I missed. Um, and they do play into this one of. Uh... Wallace questioning Deckard whether or not he is real. Dude, that whole scene where he's <laughs> like, nah, dude, Rachel didn't actually love you. She was built to love you to get your seed because you were seen as special. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, fuck. <laughs> so then, so what they did is they had the, you know, I made a new Rachel for Deckard at the end. And, you know, he's like, that's not her because she had green eyes or blue eyes. So what they did is they had an actress portray Sean Young, but um, they did the CGI stuff they did with like Carrie Fisher from uh, 
the Star Wars movies, Last Jedi. And I will and... say they did a lot better in this one. Like, Jesus Christ, I could not tell that that wasn't her. Like, I knew it wasn't her because she's a lot older now. Yeah. But I'm like, holy shit, that's terrifying how well they, this is done. They did bring in Sean Young to help with the movements and the, you know, how to pronounce stuff and how to talk. So they, so they gave Sean Young credit for coming back Not in cool. for a minute to help with, you know, this one 10 second seat, you know, five minute scene of her. But I like the fact that, she, you know, He's just like, yeah, you got it wrong. And then he starts walking away. Then they just blast her in the head and just was, like, all right, so on to a new one. <laughs> yeah, back to the drawing board. Dude, that fucking killer replicant that worked for Wallace was just terrifying. Like, the way she's, she, the real, she's the real villain in the movie, right? The murder of the coroner where it was just a quick slap to the back of the neck and like all his like blood vessels just like exploded in his head. Yeah was one of the most gruesome death scenes I think I've ever seen because and, of and the, the ease in which it happened. And her name was Love. So, of course, yeah, that's right. loves to kill. And yeah, then the way good. she killed the police lady, oh, my God. Yeah, but I, Oh, Sean Penn's wife, that character, Rock, Robin like Wright. Her. Yeah, Robin Wright, Penn. Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's Jenny. Jen, that is Jenny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. But crushing that glass in her hand and just holding it and tightening it was oh god, oh god that scene. Whew. I love the scene when uh when Jenny tries to come on to Ryan Gosling. It was so that was, scene was so good. <laughs> Men, they just like to be told how like cute they are. Tells them he's cute. <laughs> I'm gonna go now. <laughs> and she's like, tell me a story, and they cross their legs in his apartment. <laughs> bum bum. Yeah. Um I, with my going back to Harrison Ford being like that stingy old guy, what do you guys think of him? Like, all right, so I have to drown in this water being handcuffed. Cool. Like, I'm I'm like seventy. Cool. He was so like, oh, why am I doing this? Yeah. Well, I was kind of I was justifying that because he was like he seemed just ready to die for the whole movie. He oh yeah. Just... <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even say when he gets saved is you should have let me die in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He's yeah. He's totally because like Rachel is. <laughs> Rachel's gone. He just has his dog. Some shit. Like I mean, the only LA. thing he's probably living for is for that like small bit of hope that he gets to meet his child, even though it's like just a like complete dream, never gonna happen type situation for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at the end we find out that him and Rachel did have a child, and they uh, then they wanted to be separated. So. No one would know whose whose uh you know child it is because if the world found out chaos. I mean, it would lead to another civil war that will probably be even worse than the last one. So they, so I think yeah, I think you're right. The fact that he wanted to die, but he also wanted to uh, um, give hope that he may may see his daughter. And I think that was also shown in the fact that he was still um, whittling because yeah. like he made that horse to give to his daughter as something to fucking remember him by. Mm-hmm. So like he kept whittling because he wanted to eventually try to give her more. I think that's what that scene was of having those extra whittled things there that were newer is that some some fraction of hope in his soul of seeing her someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Gosling serial number is KD6-3.7. Gotcha. 
So, um, and I and we find out that in the movie, the fact that the daughter used to work for Jared Leto. No, she is a subsidiary. She Jared Leto oh. tried to buy her out a ton, but she oh, is just okay. a contract worker who makes memories for the replicants. Oh, okay. Because she wants her freedom. That's that her life is just crushing and dark and depressing and grim. This whole this whole <laughs> ju- this whole like franchise is dark and depressing. Do in you that think way she of- is actually whatever immune compromise, or that's just the story they fed her? Better. to keep her safe well, the, the, she's part robot how is she immune compromised it, it, it jives with the universe because in the in the in the story there's like there's a thing like if you were not physically fit to leave the planet you must stay on the planet so is this gattaca kind of <laughs> is this freaking Almost. gattaca i mean i guess they're except- similar in like their aspects of the world yeah yeah where the the, the elites get to leave yeah because like if she has the immune situation, it's just like well. But see, I, I, think, I think that's just a way to protect her. I don't. I think, think it's she's just protected. I think I don't think she is either. I think she's just fed. This whole movie, this whole franchise is called "Let's Feed You Lies," and yeah, she could be one of them. I also think she's in on it, though. I think she knows, and that yes. like she's because I think she's working with them because she's feeding the memories into the replicants to turn them against their masters. We're all gonna die. We're human beings. I mean, I think I'm a human being. I could be a replicant. No, so she's she's installing the three meter exhaust port that you put the protein torpedo into. Did you just say protein Pro- torpedo? <laughs> no, but I did now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you said protein torpedo. That's what Joe was launching out when he was watching this movie earlier this morning. <laughs> At six a.m., baby. <laughs> We just came up with a pretty good new one there. We're shooting protein torpedoes at these stars. <laughs> Keith, you finally did it. You made a funny on the podcast. Uh, just took you 30 episodes, but congrats. So I'm going to be uh, signing books at Borders <laughs> next week. If any of y'all are in town for my Joe, new, com- is. My new comedy book. Tell them uh, that they went under? Bits and Pieces. No. That's the name of my book. Do you think we should tell him that that person was no, fake? No, 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 I'll be at Borders. It's uh, near the Valley River Center Mall. There it is. Uh, so in the uh, <laughs> if you found out in the memory banks, when we, we go back to do the memory of the, uh, you know, Kay thinking that the word wood, wood horse is his and he hides it in the, uh, you know, the fireplace. Girls have long hair, aka just buzz cuts, while the boys have close cropped hair cuts, so bald. So that gives a hint that Kay's memory originally belonged to the girl. Because mm. so if, if you look at all the boys, they all do have bald heads. And Kay is thinking that you know he that he had like a a, a thin coat of hair. Dude, that whole scene though, where he goes out into the trash lands and <sighs> meets the like one of like the replicant fighters who is like a replicant herself with an eye missing because they took her eye. No, 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 I'm talking about when he goes and he sees the orphanage. Oh, that was well, that's that was the same area, wild. right? That's in the same zone. No, well, I, I don't know where he where they took him to meet the replicant oh that's after that's after because that's after vegas i don't remember where they were yeah the orphanage is pretty depressing 
<laughs> it's You're just coming? like, hey, these are all people off the map without mm-hmm. families or a way to protect them and just being overlooked by a bunch of Keiths who are probably doing bad things to them while also making them work. Apex. Apex Legends. That, that, that video game is actually about me. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, that also showed how like powerful Ryan Gosling is to humans when he picks that dude up and snaps him in half over his knee. Oh, yeah. That was gruesome. Um, I feel bad for this actor because he gets... He, uh, gets um... He's oh, known... from the dude from Jericho. I was gonna say the Walking Dead dude. <laughs> no, um, the other guy from Remember the Titans, uh, the cop in the beginning of the movie. I have no fucking idea who you're talking about. Uh, Wood Harris, that's the actor. He's in um, Remember the Titans. He's Julius Campbell. He's in Rocky. He, I mean, he's in uh, he is in um, Creed. He's the trainer in Creed. Is he's the in the movie for like two minutes. I'm talking about the orphanage owner and operator. No, no, no. I'm th- oh, okay. I'm talking about the um like co- one of the cops in the very beginning of the of the movie. <laughs> okay. He's in it for like two minutes. But so Keith, do you own your own slave shop? Um where you're no. just pulling components from old microchips to sell back? No, man. It'd probably I, be a good way to make business right now. We're short on microchips. No, I go down to the university to the go, go find a good business major and uh, just grab some unpaid interns. and. Mm. Them, That's fair. Uh, give them a, you know, I'm going to say they're getting a leg up. You know, it's important to you got to get experience to get experience, you know. So this damn, this damn $15 an hour thing is really chapping my head. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there any <laughs> scenes you guys didn't like from this movie? The I talked about it earlier. The long, the long, grainy, foggy pan shots got a little old. Now, there's not any scenes that flat jump out to me that I disliked. No, like it, was... it was so well shot. Mm-hmm. Um. No, the only the, thing that the things that bug me are on like like the, the sort of like bigger scale things that were like well I, I don't know if they really I don't know if this really needed to happen like that was kind of what the stuff that bugs me or like the movie was almost three hours long I think it could have done with a little more like mystery and head scratching because they they kind of talk it out a lot I wish they like would have made it less clear that like the stuff that was going on in it would have been a little more vague and mysterious and that See, I the... think there were still aspects of that that were just yeah. like even quieter that you had to like really dig into to understand. Yeah. Like they explained it for like the Joe Schmoes, but then there was the deeper stuff that if you wanted to look at and try mm-hmm. to like build on, you could. Do you guys know that there was a uh, Blade Runner like TV show right now? Just started on Adult Swim like last week. Yeah. Is it like animated? Yes. yes. Maybe I'll have to watch an episode or two. I think it's supposed to be pretty true to the original is what it says. It's a cool universe, this Blade Runner verse. I was thinking that when I was watching this, I'm like, God, this could really do with like a remake, but like in a long like Game of Thrones-esque series build. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much to this world that could be so coolly built. Well, they could have done like the monster of the week kind of thing with like following a Blade Runner to go like track down some replicants, like an episode a week, like a replicant a week. And then... See, I almost think like that would be almost like 
because you could just have this far reaching world of like replicants on the far world yeah. like building worlds that are trying to break out to their freedom like mm-hmm. people on the planet blade runners like there's so much to it you could do in uh 2018 really scott stated that he had another story ready to evolve and be developed um referring to another blade runner and then the venero uh said he's that he would be interested in revisiting the universe and this was in 2020 in a to re- uh, revisit the universe in a different way making something disconnected from both other movies as opposed to a direct sequel yeah i like that and i, I do enjoy sorry a little unrelated but something i like is that they refrained from showing the off-world stuff again i think that was pretty cool like it kind of makes it like almost seem like nirvana like is it even real mm-hmm. like or is it just something talked about yeah oh that's kind of a fun thought but i was thinking I, we were talking conspiracy theories i was i think it's kind of fun to think that maybe there like are no more humans left that the nuclear war killed everybody and then that like replicants have just been multiplying <laughs> god that'd because, be terrifying <laughs> because for a third one you can have is you can have the fact that jared leto's character is still alive and he can make his replicant army and then we have and that because at the end we note we find the rebellion so basically we're making star wars all over again here guys Stormtroopers versus the Rebellion. <laughs> Three meter ports and JJ Abrams. Those are my two things. Here we do not talk it. about JJ Abrams, please. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. JJ uh, Abrams and Zack Snyder are going to make this movie. What is he producing that we saw JJ Abrams' name was attached and it terrified us? Something um, huge, probably. That guy fucking gets everything. I got you guys. There's like some movie that we like franchise that we love. And it's like produced by JJ Abrams. We're all like, no. Is it some like piece of nostalgia porn <laughs> that he's doing? Uh, he's a producer and a untitled Star Trek sequel. Yep. Yeah, um, but he's always been doing Star Trek. Yeah. Then, well, I, I still like Star Trek. But. So like here's here's the things. So here are producer like his untitled like he's announced for them, but who knows if this is happening? It's a Star Trek sequel, a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek project, Superman. That's what it was. Superman. It was Superman. Um, yuck. The only there's only one person that is allowed to direct Superman movies from now on, and I'm not going to say his name. Villeneuve, because I would be down <laughs> to see Villeneuve. I want to Zach- see this dude do more. No, goddamn it, not Zack Snyder. <laughs> no, I was going to say two of the three people in this podcast approve. <laughs> <laughs> How was J.J. Abrams a producer of Joyride? That was entertaining shit. That was, I mean, J.J. Abrams didn't always suck. It's just J.J. Abrams got good, and then he, he started got good to really and suck. Yeah. Once Blade, oh. once a loss came out, then it was, uh-oh. He really started to buy into his own fucking bullshit. Well, and I think it's important to remember that Super 8 wasn't that great. <laughs> I thought that was pretty well established, that Super 8 was like his tipping point of going down. <laughs> Right, the producer, the producer uh, liked uh, Super Eight. No, she didn't. She did. <laughs> why would I lie over something oh, pity like that? Why would she lie? Is the question why? you should ask. <laughs> uh, so what I should do is just go down to her work, bust down her door, and <laughs> why did you lie to me? Did you like Super Eight or not? <laughs> It's like, we get it. You like old Steven Spielberg movies from the 80s. Cool. <laughs> oh, he's also producing uh, Mission Impossible 7 and 8. Ew. Um, 
Those are good. That's a good franchise. I don't want him touching that. The last four have been like spectacular. <laughs> God, I can't wait till we do MI. That's such, that'll be, that'll, that's a maybe lot. we should just have a summer series that's always super long. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But, and yeah, by the end of like the eighth, I'll just be hating myself like with Fast yeah. and Furious. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think I'm watching Fast and Furious again. <laughs> I know we're getting to it down the line, but I've never seen any of the Mission Possible. So. God, that's just, not one of them. Not one. That's insane. Oh, Joe, the I way, can't wait for you to see Emilio Estevez in the first one. I, I oh, know, man. I know his fate, and I'm disappointed. Oh God, it's one of the cooler death scenes in all of cinematography. Can we talk about Emilio Estevez? You know his situation with Disney. What What's happened going on with him Estevez? and Disney? So he's in the Mighty Duck show. Oh, he's oh, he's an anti-vaxxer. No, he said he's not. He's just against the way Disney is doing the vaccination stuff. I mean, but in but in reality, he did say that the script sucks. That's that's why he's like, oh yeah, I had no interest in that Mighty Ducks reboot of the Mighty Ducks being the bad guys now. Fuck off! That movie's so depressing. Like that movie is for nobody. Because the Mighty Ducks it's was popular a, when we were young, and kids today. No, don't it's a, a TV. Fuck. Series. It's a TV show. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. a series. But yeah, it's yeah, that's even worse. Making but, the Mighty Ducks the bad guys was such a stupid call. Yeah. Uh, no, he 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 says that um, he's not against anti-vaxxing. It's just that he thought the plot sucked, so that's why he okay. didn't want to come back. So everyone's like, "Oh, he's an anti-vaxxer." No, never mind. And that's he's tight. like, "I appreciate it." No, he's, he's like, like "No." Just the plot sucks, and I didn't want to do it. There's like That's no point to the movie show now. Mad respect, Emilio Estevez. Yeah, never mind. He's a king. He's like, yo, this is yo, this sucks. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, oh, okay. Um, did the movie feel long to you guys? Since it was two hours and forty five minutes, didn't didn't feel long. It flew by for me. Yeah, for a second viewing, I was impressed with how quickly it went by. So no, it. It, it moved along for me it went quick and uh slow at points i think it went slow for me when the producer woke up and then coming out to like the sexy i'm like oh my god i mean just because she caught no, you I'm jacking kidding. off yeah. yeah ah shit <laughs> that that was a first <laughs> wink 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 um but uh yeah you know um, I think one of my favorite small scenes was when uh, Joe went to that guy to get like the wood. Like, hey man, what I do with that guy? Leave me alone. When he got the wood analyzed, like I thought that's come on, give me the wood, give me the wood. <laughs> hey, you, you want, you want a dog? I can get you a goat. Yeah, that was you, some. You want it, a giraffe? I, it, I can get you anything. It's that crazy thing, like how tiny and little objects are, and like how in these movies they're like, I'll give you. 10 million dollars for this piece yeah. of wood like that's real wood you must be rich yeah. well and in, in the in the book deckard walks around with this equivalent of like a kelly blue book magazine of like values of animals so like whenever he sees an animal he asks that there's this here it has a scene where he like flip, flips open the book and looks up the value of like yeah that spider's worth 100 bucks right there <laughs> like that's like a constant obsession and like in that story well, that's because of the awesome the thing with that go back to the sheep thing. In the book, he was going to buy a real sheep. That was the idea. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. why he was killing replicants. Yeah. No, he actually does buy the real sheep. Yeah, and yeah. then the sheep gets brutally murdered. Yeah. Check in out. the book. 
yeah the books is real weird (laughs) and then it gets then like the guy who originally wrote it died but then one of his friends wrote like three sequels that's like based on the book slash movie oh that's dumb (laughs) uh during the fight scene with harrison ford and gosling he actually punched gosling nice doesn't he always do that? He like yeah. always punches people by he, he, mistake. He doesn't know he doesn't know when to stop, but I guess they shared a bottle of whiskey to uh <laughs> you know I'll that or a up. plane flight, up to you. I appreciated that <laughs> scene where it showed the bar and showed that Harrison Ford has drank in like all the whiskey left in Vegas. That's pretty yeah, that's cool. He's just been there for years and years and years. Just- getting hammered and watching i also appreciated 2049 but sweet ad for uh johnny walker black label which is a fantastic whiskey yeah that's, it's gonna yeah, live forever some classic whiskey is still hanging out mm. so boys let's go to the budget shall we since i think we're oh, it's got to be so astronomical with what they had to do with computers to make this thing look so good so do you guys if you got if you don't know take a guess I'm gonna say it's at least 400 million for the go, budget. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go 100 million dollars. <laughs> budget was 150 million. Okay. I thought like the CG in this was crazy, and that shit costs a lot of money. I think I think for the the most expensive budget, I want to say is probably one of the Marvel movies. Well, do, do you know how they saved money, right? They were used. They had um, replicants doing the the work. Uh, that makes dude. Disney would be all about creating replicants to do work for free. Well, they're already yeah. They're do, like, doing that with actors. They're doing. <laughs> I. They're doing they're it CG fast food too. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's um, like there's like I literally imagine Mickey Mouse like up above the camera in the Last Jedi holding up like Carrie Fisher's corpse with strings. <laughs> do, you, do you guys want? Uh, well, since we're on budget talk here, I have found the most expensive most expensive budget. You guys want to take a guess and what Avatar? movie? I'll give you the year. I'll give you the year. Twenty eleven. I don't. That doesn't help me. I don't know movies well enough for that. It's a Disney movie. That's not Marvel. It's not Marvel. Is it Avatar then? The Pirates of the Caribbean. Which one, Keith? <laughs> Two. No, 2011 would have been like three <laughs> or four. On Strange Tides. Was it On Strange Tides? Keith is correct. It's the mermaid <laughs> one? Oh, God. Still not the word. I still and I love Pirates of the Caribbean. And boys, we will at some point be watching Pirates of the Caribbean because I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Those movies are yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I yeah. still have not watched the newest one because of how bad it was. I've only seen two, three. The missus and I tried to watch that movie and we just were sitting there going, this fucking sucks and just turned it off. So the movie, so Pirates had on Stranger Times budget was $379 million. That movie did not make that money back, I don't think. No. And then yeah, I'll just give you the list of, of the, the rest of the bigger movies that are in, the, in that top 10. Age of Ultron, Endgame, War Game, Pirates at World's End, Justice League, Solo, Rise of Skywalker, John Carter, and Batman, BBS, DOJ, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Boy, that, all that, that budget really paid off with those acting lessons for Han Solo, huh? <laughs> uh, hey. let's, go to the, let's go to the gross here for this uh, 
Blade Runner. Gross. Uh, domestically, it only got $92 million. This movie did? Yes. Blade Runner never does well in the theater. <laughs> it has the fan base, but it doesn't have the... And I can under... Again, it's a thinking person's film. Yeah. Like, this isn't... What are like, you, some wise guy with glasses on? Get the fuck out of here. Like, this isn't the pew, pew, pew future movie that people want. <laughs> yep. Internationally, though, we got $167 million. So worldwide, this movie got $259 million. Still not what you're looking for on what was considered a blockbuster film. Exactly. <laughs> and it was titled to be a blockbuster film. Um, so, boys, let's go. Uh, before we go to the box office, Keith, do you have the uh, spirit of uh, um, one uh, Ebert? Or uh, I'm, I'm literally typing as I'm talking right now. So you know, funny. Uh, well, you know, why you do that? I'm gonna rag on you, buddy. You, you have, have one, one job fucking job. One remember, job. Hold on. Remember you know the, that remember, one job. Remember how fun Protein Torpedo was? That was a long time nope, ago. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that was that was a month ago, pal. That was on uh, fucking one... Max Payne podcast, pal. You have one focus, one like segment on this entire podcast. And I didn't do it. What? I'm, I suck. I'm a fucking replicant, okay? No, replicants get their jobs done, Lessel. Yeah, but you guys are I don't know why I'm yelling at Joe. Hey, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> I'm on your side. <laughs> All right. Um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Brian Tallarico with the ghost of Roger Ebert inside of him, typing through his fingertips, wrote up this little article here where he effing loved it. Three and a half stars out of four. So over 163 stylish minutes, Blade Runner 2049 wrestles with nothing less than what it means to be human, serving as a beautiful thematic companion to Ridley Scott's Blade Runner, a film that redefined a genre. It's too soon to tell if the follow-up will have the influence and staying power of the groundbreaking original, but it's clear from the beginning that this is no mere piece of nostalgic fan service. So, yep, they liked it. I'm curious what y'all think. I'm kind of I'm kind of developing my thoughts on it as we go. It started it started low, went high, got low again, went high again. I've, it's been a roller coaster for my stars, so I'm I'm pretty well, excited well, to think about before it. Before we glaze on, I got to give you the box office, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I was just I was uh I was doing my you own. Know, you're you're doing premature my... glazing right now. Let's uh <laughs> let's uh let's do some box office. Keep those protein torpedoes in, Keith. We're mm. not there yet. Lock has foils in attack position. <laughs> so the box office for October 6, 2017 and boys let me tell you there's no movies out uh, coming in at number 10 in its 15th week with 695,000 Battle of the Sexes what was that? Battle of the Sexes no but like what movie was that? I feel like I might have seen it it's probably a movie called Battle of the Sexes thanks you're so helpful I try I do my darndest here, guys. I have one job, you're... right, Keith? It's I have the, one job, the... right? I saw it. It's the tennis movie. The movie rocked. Oh, right. With, uh, with okay. Emma Stone. And, uh, yeah. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> it's, it's debatable. Oh, the Billie Jean, Billie Jean one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Number nine, coming in its eighth week with only one million Flatliners. It's the remake of the... Um, Movie that they people want to try and attempt death by yeah. like this flatlining to get that rush. Oh yeah, oh. I'm, I'm, Julia Roberts reboot, and I think it started. Um... I'm two for two right now. <laughs> You're two for two. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, coming in at number eight in its 15th week with 1.2 million, Victoria and Abdul. I didn't see that one. Um, Elliot Page is in Flatliners. That's what I thought. Um, El- Victoria and Abdul. Yeah, I never heard of it. Oh, some Judy Dench movie. All right, I, I know oh, of it. Oscar sounds like Oscar bait. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, she has uh, a servant, um, you know, the corkiness between the two. Uh, coming in number seven in its 15th week with 1.6 million, the Legos Ninjago movie. Sucked. I couldn't get through that one. It sucked. It sucked. Uh, coming I love in number the Lego s- movies. Yeah. I do too. They, they, get, they, they got real cynical. I didn't like, like the Batman one either. No, the, I couldn't get through the Batman one. They were just like, you can't. You, they had a little bit of lightning in a bottle there, and then they just like pooped all over it. They didn't yep. have the fun of Lego one and two. Yeah, yeah. Like, where's my everything? Hell, is awesome. Even two was meh. Yeah, I didn't like honest, two that much. Two's not as good as one. Yeah, yeah. That is, that in, is agreed. Yeah, that's agreed. Coming in number six in its fifteenth week with two point three million. Kingsman Golden Circle. I like that movie. Yeah. I like the Kingsman. Story. I'm excited for Kingsman. Yeah, it looks fun. Coming Those in fun at, movies. Uh, uh, I digress. Uh, coming in number five in its eighth week with 2.3 million American Made. It's the Tom Cruise movie when he tries to uh, pillar money by flying oh, an airplane. The, uh, yeah, that movie, that movie was cool. Love coming, a good Tom in, movie. coming in at number four in its 29th week with 2.7 million. It. Wow. Uh, Still haven't seen that. Original or new. Uh, I was at the box office. Like Number 13 was Spider-Man uh, uh, Homecoming. And it was in its like 92nd week. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's funny. So that means coming in at number three in its first week with 2.9 million, My Little Pony. <laughs> yep. Kids movies. Killing it. <laughs> coming in at number... Two in its first week with 3.5 million. The Mountain Between Us. No I idea. See that one. It's that fat bitch from Titanic. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> that, was, that was violent and rude, and I don't endorse it. <laughs> you don't? There was enough space. Uh, it was Kate, it's a Kate Winslet, Idris Ilba movie. Why do you hate Kate one? Winslet? Because she's fat bitch. Coming in at number one. In its first week, with only $12 million, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, that's not much in 2017. No. Boy, they're really... This is like... Well, we're, we're at the peak of like Disney has a firm grasp on the box office and nothing else gets anything. They've got <laughs> us by the balls! Yeah. Um, Because... I want to look something up here for you guys. Because, yeah, 2017... With only twelve million in the box office, while if you go back, um, no, yeah, same year, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming came out in July, as this came out in October, and even though it is a Marvel movie, though, um, it got one hundred seventeen million. Yeah, exactly. There's- well, Despicable Me in that same time frame got thirty-three million in its second week, so it's like. That's not good, Bob. <laughs> so let's go to the ratings for uh, this. IMDb gave this an 8 out of 10. 
Ron Tomato, all critics gave us an 88. Top critics, 87. And the audience gave it an 81. While the audience gave the first one a 91. So, in all, with all the ratings, it's still number number one. According to the Ron Tomato, is better than this one. So, uh, Keith, is your... Uh, your uh, your cannon ready to shoot? <laughs> about to glaze some stars. Yeah, glaze, the... glaze, glaze, glaze. Those do we glaze stars now, or do we need to rank first? Yeah, there's some rankings. Ooh, let's do some rankings first. Then we're we'll yeah, we're just these guys are just like edging this, like edging us for the stars. I'm just trying to edge you pretty hard, Keith. You know. <laughs> okay, get those protein torpedoes locked in. <laughs> but not fire yet. You hold yeah. on to that button. We're not pulling the trigger yet. Yeah. Han Solo hasn't come to distract Vader yet, so we can't we can't quite make the shot. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what was the best blade runner? Deckard or K? God, it's tough. I'm gonna say Ty. I think they are both great in their own ways. I'm going to cheat. Ooh, both sides are right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'll go Deckard. He's, he's more like Surly. He's, he's OG. I he, will he, go. he was like down in the trenches. So, Joe, you're the tiebreaker. I'll go of. Deckard just because it's OG. But I'll, <laughs> I, I will say Goss um, K is close. Yeah, he, put, he, like, he got put through a wall. That was pretty cool. He broke a dude in half. Mm-hmm. That's true. But uh, Deckard shot a guy with a gun with his broken fingers. He'd fixed his fingers at that point, though. Not not good enough. I mean, true. So, I digress. All right. Be- uh, best villain. Hmm. You got uh, Nander, Jared Leto, or um, Roy. I'm going to say Wallace just because I still don't think Roy was really a villain. <laughs> no, Roy was no villain. If anything, we should be comparing the Tyrell and Wallace. Like, and I would evil. still go Wallace over Tyrell. Yeah, he's the, the, Wallace is pretty evil. <laughs> so we're saying, we're, so we're switching up because we agree that Roy at the end of the first one really wasn't the bad guy. Yeah, he, so was he was a freedom Wallace fighter. And, he was just surviving. Yeah. So then Wallace and Tyrell are the villains. Yeah. Uh, best look, best vibe, one or two. Ooh. I think two had the better vibe. It was like as in as much vibe as an apocalyptic world can have, but it like the look and feel was just so so good to me. Yeah, I'm I'm going opposite on that one. I'm going one. I think the I I I thought Ridley Scott had a better vision. I I, I like two, but I thought one was better as well. Like they were both fantastic in the looks. Yeah, they both look cool as hell. But I, I just thought the for nineteen eighty two, I'll give it. You know, fair enough. So, boys, overall movie, one or two, most rewatchable. Yeah, are, are we talking yeah. rewatchable here? Because yes. in my mind, like neither of them are that rewatchable. <laughs> I have to agree to that. Like, <laughs> I've seen it. I don't know if I ever need to see yeah. it again. Can we just say no? Probably the well, let's, let's if I'm gonna that... rewatch, I'm probably gonna rewatch the second, the first. God, I don't because like hard. 
the idea of sitting down to rewatch an almost three hour movie, even though I enjoyed it, I just, I'm not going to. How about we just say one and two, but it's, this is one of those franchises that we probably never go back to. Yeah. Like, even if like a new one was coming out, I'm not going to be like, oh, I need to re I need to catch it up. All. Yeah. Well, I if think I want that... to do that, I just had to watch yeah. Lord of the Rings. Am I right, Keith? Hey, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey. The, the, no, the, the metaphor I've been cooking up here was uh, the. I feel like Blade Runner one is the vegetables. Like Blade Runner two is like a little more fun, I think, to watch. Like, I thought like Blade Runner one was yeah, like you got to eat your vegetables. It's like a Blade Runner one's like a little better for you. Explains why I'm more of a Blade Runner two guy. Oh no, yeah, Blade, Blade Runner two is great because like because I hate my vegetables. <laughs> Yuck! Sick. So let's just do one and two, and then one of those franchises. You know, like this is the one when we end the franchise. I and I'll ask, will you go back to it? And right now, it's no across the board. I'm glad we did it. I enjoyed watching it, but yeah, I don't need to see it again. Yeah, I think if I stumbled upon Blade Runner one on television, if I was flipping through and it was on TBS or some shit, like I'd probably hang out until the commercial break. See, I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> I what I might do is if it was on T like say TBS, is I would go to it and see what like what scene and like all right and like legit just like instantly change it back to whatever I was watching. Like if I could like that opening sequence with the interrogation, I, I'd happily watch that scene. But you know that when you when you go to it and it's like an hour forty five in, you're like okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, like no, he's probably uh running. He's probably like standing in the rain in the street that's busy. <laughs> Yeah. So, Keith, you ready? We've been we've been uh, edging the whole time. <laughs> but let's oh. let's let's blow we? this thing, kid, and take it home. All right. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna continue edging, so I'm gonna pass the torch off to Rick to go first. I wanna I don't wanna go first. Oh, uh, before Rick, you go. What what did everybody give? The last one. Uh, oh yeah, so the last one. Keith gave it the full five, which is Jesus, his first Keith. full five. No, I I don't regret it. It's a it's a uh, different, it's it's a vegetable masterpiece. Joe gave it a two. I gave it a three. Joe gave it two. That's right. It was boring. <laughs> Joe doesn't like his vegetables. You gave Joe a plate of Brussels sprouts, and Joe said no, thank you. And, and, and in reality, I would probably give it a shot. I'll probably eat it. In reality. Oh, with some balsamic drizzle on it? Mm. No, no, you gave him boiled oh, Brussels God. sprouts. With, with some, like, pepper. <laughs> mm. Actually, you probably gave him, like, the most well-done Brussels sprouts there are, and he just, he didn't care for it. <laughs> I didn't. All right, Rick, where do you give this one? I give Blade Runner 2049 as a shout-out to the fi- one of my favorite shows that is back, a four out of five. Welcome back, X-Play. Hell yeah. Welcome back, G4, baby. If you need video podcast people, let us know. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Keith, where right. do you want me to go? Do you want to um, you you blow your no, load last? I think, I think I'm done edging. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> God, he's about to explode everywhere. Yeah. Yep. It's just um, SEAL well, Team 6 is coming in to clean up. Pulled up, pulled up, hold on, let me pull up some feet stuff real quick. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to give this movie 3.75 stars. 
That brings Joe up. All right. Um, I gave first one two. I'll give this one three. It was it kept my interest for that 245. At points it was fast, at points it was slow. But like the fast overdo overgoes over the slow part. So it's just and I was intrigued by it the whole time. I'm like, okay. And then when the producer came out to watch the final hour and 20 minutes, she was so confused on it. I'm like, yep. It's something. But yeah, I'll give it three. So that brings Blade Runner as a series in at three and a half. That's pretty good. Rates it ahead of such series as Predator, Ugh. the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> hey, hang on, hang uh, on. How can I change it to make sure Fast doesn't... It's right, you know, ahead of Legally Blonde. No, Joe, it's it's, it's something you can't you can't put the you can't put the glaze back in the tube. Oh, I'm going. <laughs> it's use lube, Keith. I can do whatever I want. It's behind Austin Powers. That's fine. Ahead of Scream by one, so Scream just gets brought down by Scream three, and behind the three flavors of Cornettos. So it's Sean, our the, third. Huh? highest rated series is, is without having a really highest rated movie is cornetto still the one as an overall series uh i think it's behind austin powers hold on let me double check it's a 3.7 average no yeah cornetto is still our highest one yeah that makes sense they're all pretty they're all fan- they're all good yeah they're all pretty great all right so this brings an end to the Blade Runner franchise. Who gets to pick next? I believe it's you, sir. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. So I've been debating on what to pick. I have this franchise. Been master debating. <laughs> I'm a child. And I got caught again. Anna <laughs> de Armas. Anna <laughs> de Armas. You're watching that damn. You were watching Knock Knock. The pro- <laughs> I, I've seen it. We did it for the queue. Oh, I've seen and the, pro- the producer hates Anna de-, Anna de Armas. Hates her. Uncalled for. She's she is a jewel. Yes. She's just she's fine. <laughs> she's yeah, like she just is. fine. She's and like a good uh, sapphire. Is it the best jewel around? No. <laughs> but everyone enjoys a good sapphire. Yeah. Will it help but you if, get through if, the water if, temple? Yes. If you if you talk to the people of the no cell, we watched uh <laughs> We watched a movie with her and it's like, and she gets like raped in it. And it's like a really long rape scene. And it's pretty uncomfortable how long it is. Gross. Yeah. And it starred Keanu. He wasn't the rapist. <laughs> Let me just get that no, out there. That was only, yeah. that was just off camera. Whoa. Hey man, you leave but, Keanu alone. <laughs> satire, Alle- satire. Say allegedly. Say allegedly. We can't get Say allegedly. <laughs> parody, satire, parody. Okay. Thank God. Woo. <laughs> Don't need Keanu's lawyers coming after us. Go, just look at my uh, look at my Dude, YouTube channel. I'll break I, down. I, my <laughs> so I, I'm I'm looking. I'm trying to see if I can find. Uh, I believe the movie is called The Whole Truth. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the nope, truth. Not, so nope, not not that one. It's not, it's not that one. I mean, I know it's not that one, but I love that. Oh, line. it's it, it's called Exposed. That's what the movie's called. I want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. As I'm looking up Keanu's uh, um, movies, he's coming out with a TV show called Rain, and his name is John Rain. How many goddamn movies does he do with 
God damn it, Joseph. What is your goddamn movie franchise? Oh, you want to know? Um, I'm picking it. Uh, let's get. Let's do it. There's four movies. We're doing Ghostbusters. So that means we have to watch one, two, the all female, because it's the only time we're gonna have to watch it. Because is that no... out of canon though? It has the Ghostbusters name. Ah. <sighs> And Ghostbusters Afterlife. Well, I mean, I guess that just means Keith has to come today to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's the, <laughs> that's the really the whole reason why I'm picking this franchise. So, Keith, you might have to come now because then you can you can get it out of the way. The fellow fake movie experts are asking me on a date live on a <laughs> podcast right there now. We are, and hopefully you accept because and I look into the Zoom camera and I say, "Sorry, guys, I can't make it today." God damn it. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I've already asked him what he's doing today, and he's like, nothing. There's plenty of time for Halo Infinite later, Sweatland. So, coming up. So, coming up. Fake movie experts. That's what we're doing. And I cannot wait. So I feel so funky. I don't think you get to say that until you see the new one, Keith. I'm allowed to. Ghostbusters is another one of those like break room like job site. Ghostbusters is a big job site movie. Um, I can. I'll just say this now, and I'll say it on the pod. Ghostbusters is my favorite movie, and I know like word almost word for word, scene for scene. So, won't be hard for me to watch these movies. AKA, I just watched them to to prepare myself for Afterlife. That still doesn't mean I'll watch them again for, for, the, uh, pod. for the podcast. <laughs> so I'm hyped. So let's do this. Ghostbusters! You guys remember one time when the, 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 the Hemsworth was like really attractive and that was like the, that was the punchline of the joke? Well, when we get to that, we'll get to it. <laughs> but coming next week, we're starting off with 1984's Ghostbusters. You what are you go gonna call? Nocellentainment.com. That's who you're gonna call. As you can find all of our podcasts, all of our blogs, and everything else. And like always, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. Ghostbusters! <laughs>